Hello, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Adam. And we and have we've never seen, seen Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. Did you say the Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle? I wasn't Seattle. sure what the title is. It is it a dumb movie? It's not like The Quick and the Dead. <laughs> oh. The Sleepless. <laughs> there could be multiple Sleepless people. That's true. We haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know. It is true. Know. We'll talk about it. Fine, I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. everyone welcome to fine i'll watch it as you heard up top i am joined by adam as always and our special guest this week is brian and this is the podcast where we show somebody anybody a movie that is part of the canon that we loved as kids that we just can't believe you've never seen and this week we are watching sleepless in seattle so you didn't say your name, which is Bridget. Oh, my name is Bridget. Welcome, Bridget. Um, and conspicuous by the absence of that name, Johnny is not with us this week. Uh, so that's why we have enlisted Brian to join us for this Valentine's Week romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, welcome. Thank you. You excited for tonight? I don't know what to, to expect, uh, and I am not not excited. I'm I'm ready. You're well experience a new I'm whelmed. <laughs> I'm ready to experience something new. Nice. So this kind of came about because I was throwing out the idea, should we do a rom com for Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. It's a genre that we haven't covered yeah. too much no. really. I mean, we've done Casablanca, which is I think classic romance, but not a Doesn't rom-com. Even feel like that. I was trying to figure out, like, there was some scheduling things up in the air, and I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get to an episode for this week. So I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll put out an older episode. So I was talking to, to Jamie about it. She's like, yeah, you know, podcasts do that all the time. They'll put out an older episode that fits the theme. And I was like, we haven't really done any rom-coms, though. And even Casablanca, which we just did, like, a month or so ago, doesn't even really feel like a romantic yeah, movie. Com? No, there's definitely rom, not a com. But yeah. Even the ROM is kind of light. It seems more like a, a wartime movie that's yeah, it's has a romance element, but it doesn't feel like that's the plot, even though it kind of is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I couldn't think of any other like real romancy type movies that we've had other than like there's a love interest adjacent to the other thing. Yeah, I closest I guess would be broadcast news. I guess, but we but, completely forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> we wiped it from our collective memories. I, it's growing on me in retrospect. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. We just did a movie about two soulmates last week, Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. and probably wouldn't work to, Great to retrofit. Beautiful. It's two guys going after the same girl. I mean, there's it's it's got all the calm you could want. It's got so much calm, so much rom. <laughs> it's an undeniably sexy movie. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we've landed on Sleepless in Seattle, one of the heavy hitters of the genre, I mm-hmm. would argue. Directed by Nora Ephron, I would say sort of the queen of the rom-com, if mm-hmm. you will. Neither of you have seen this movie. Correct. Well, what makes her the queen of the rom-com? 
she is hit after hit after hit. hit. hit yeah, <laughs> just like she's the Muhammad Ali of rom coms. Mm-hmm. I order uh, the hits, lay them on me. She wrote When Harry Met Sally. Oh yeah. She writes and directs this movie. She writes and directs You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. Basically the father, son, and holy ghost of yeah. rom coms. Yeah. Um also starring the Virgin Mary <laughs> Ryan yeah. in the lead in all of these. Yeah. The kind of platonic ideal in terms of voice, I think. For me personally, when you're you're looking at a romantic comedy. Well yeah, I, what I will say is like a a romantic comedy is probably like my least favorite genre of a movie, but a mo- like when Harry met Sally, it's it's really like kind of a cut above. It's it's like elevated because mm-hmm. the that's why the she's writing the queen. is so it's 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 such a well done story and it's 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 like thought provoking and like it's you know it's it it's it like it transcends like the genre I feel so my expectations have just shot up. <laughs> yeah, because when I think of like a rom com, I think of like a Judd Apatow like two hour long mm. crappy. Mm. That's like a recent shift, though, I, in man, the genre. I hate, I hate that. Yeah, Forty-year-old virgin. Oh, that started it all, right? Yeah, well, shifted well, the landscape. Yeah, it didn't bit. start rom-com. Well, I mean, started started <laughs> this like paradigm of like, oh, comedies are now they're now going to be two hours long, and they're just going to like be too long and not that funny. And I don't know, man. Oh, see, I really like that that genre, and I almost think it's the it's the male focused rom-com. Like, because a lot of the rom coms are from the female perspective. Mm-hmm. The female is the main character. She meets a guy, and whatever will ensue frustrations, sparks, what have you. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Apatow stuff is like, okay, what if it's a rom com, but we star the a, a guy? And like, we follow the guy's perspective. Who loves weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 40 year old virgin doesn't love weed, he loves technology and VHS Action tapes. Figures. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. <laughs> Maybe revisit it. That one's good, the very yeah. least. I'm a big fan of Knocked Up too. That one grew on me a lot. I hated it the first time I watched oh, it. Oh really? But it, yeah, but the more I like, the more times I came across it, I was like, actually, you know what? This is good. And this is Forty is also really good. The pseudo sequel to it. Oh, I've not seen it. Mm, it's pretty good. It follows uh, the Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's characters. Okay. Quite good, and it gets better the older you get because it's like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> this is real life. Yeah. The frustrations of it. So you said it's not your favorite genre, Brian. Are there any no. in the genre that you like besides When Harry Met Sally that you can oh, think of? No. Well, I, the only reason I know that one is because Bridget showed me. It's, it's a which is it's a it's a delightful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even. I, could, I don't know if I could even name any other romantic comedies. Oh, I mean, you've got your you've got the ones that the Nora Ephron ones. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got you've got the. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, The yeah. Wedding Planner. You got all the Julia Roberts mid '90s ones. Your Runaway Brides, uh, Notting Hill, My uh, Best Friend's Wedding, My Best Friend's Wedding, Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. Made in Manhattan, <laughs> Ghost of Girlfriends Past. See, this, is, this is a genre <laughs> that I have not explored. All of those I've heard of, and I don't think a single one of them I've seen. Yeah, you've not seen Pretty Woman. Uh, no, that one I have seen. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I almost thought Let's you see. made a big mistake. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> um, pivoting. That's the new movie we're doing this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I'm still shocked. And I wonder if this is 
a man woman thing because so many of those movies be for fun. better or for worse yeah. are a kind of foundational text i think for young women not just in terms of you know navigating potential romantic relationships but also thinking about you know what will your young adult life look like in retrospect not nearly as fancy as it is <laughs> usually in these movies you're not going to work for a publishing company or whatever else yeah. these sort of women end up doing um but you sort could of, own a local bookstore if you want to yes <laughs> <laughs> but i guess yeah i don't know it's so hard for me to imagine having not consumed so many of these movies as a young person i don't know it's just weird I think it is a gender divide thing, because like, this is very much movies that I'm familiar with. Like I know they exist, but I never went out of my way to see them. Yeah. And any of the super hard rom-coms that I have seen were all probably shown to me by either a female friend or a significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, or I watched it with my mom, who loves the rom-coms. Yeah. While You Were Sleeping is a big favorite of hers. Oh, um, classic. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's a lot of those that kind of hit that you know, that genre, but, you know, when we were growing up, Brian, like, and we went to the movies, we were seeing comic book movies and action movies mm-hmm. and things like Dumb and Dumber and The Mask and Ace Ventura and, yeah. you know, the stupid kid comedy PG pushing the envelope type things. And it wasn't, oh my God, let's go watch two people meet cute and fall in love. Like, it's yeah, just, that still wasn't an option. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't even in the conversation. I recently found an old can that I saved every movie ticket that we went to the movies, like from like 2000 to like 2006 or whatever. Mm-hmm. There were like a hundred of these things in there for all these classics, like, you know, The Matrix. Do you remember what else was in the Napoleon Dynamite was in there? Um, I remember Alien versus Predator. Yeah. And these remember, are the movies we went to see. see yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were like in the same multiplex, just in different theaters. Yeah. Um, when studios do that too, they pit themselves against each other by splitting their audience where the biggest, like the most recent example that I remember specifically was like the day The Force Awakens came out, like Baby Mama or Sisters or one of those like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movies came out because they're like, these do not cross-sect fandoms mm-hmm. as much as people would like to assume yeah so like we don't care that we're going up against star wars because we're going to get the girlfriends and the wives and the daughters mm-hmm. to go see this other movie because they're not going to see star wars and yeah. i think that's changed a little bit more recently yeah but in the 90s that absolutely would have been a thing right? mm-hmm. well i think what has changed is films like star wars and the marvel movies they appeal to a broad audience mm-hmm. so you're going to have that crossover, that bleed over the the people who would have been going to see Sisters or Baby Mama would go to see a Star Wars movie. But the bleed doesn't happen in the opposite direction, I find. Mm. You know, and so I think you've seen recently, you just don't get rom-coms anymore. No, I mean, you get stuff like, and we talked about this with comedies last week with mm-hmm. like Bridesmaids and stuff, which isn't really a rom-com but it has a lot of that dna of like you're you're focusing it's a cousin too because you're you're focusing on a female protagonist uh and her friends and her plights and she's got some relationship drama in there but that's obviously not the focus it's the friendship is the focus but it's still kind of it's the romantic love of best friends that is the Mm -hmm. rom in that com so i mean it's it's still kind of there but it's you don't get as much of these meet cutes and if you do 
they're very formulaic. It's still, I mean, I keep seeing ads for whatever the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, We Get Married movie. And like, that just seems like it's right out of a cookie cutter rom-com template. And so like, they Uh, exist. Yeah, I heard that was a disaster. I saw like an article today. They made like $500,000. Well, it's also streaming free on something. So, I mean, that makes sense at the very, but I think we grew up with so many of these that we can tell when, like, even someone like me who hasn't seen a ton, like, I can tell when that that's a template movie. Like, that's one where it's just, yeah. okay, here, we're going to go through all of the beats. They meet, they don't like each other. Then they, something happens and they're forced to like each other and then they get along and then they fall in love and then they're married and happily ever after. And like, that's the, the baseline for it. And you can just tell when it's like, all right, we're just going to slot in two stars and send them on their way. Do you want to do New York, LA, or Chicago? Like, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Chicago doesn't even make the list anymore. No, probably. But at least oh, like I'd like to do Chicago. They're like, actually, hold on. Yeah. Scratch it out. Here's the list. Yeah. How do you feel about Atlanta? <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that approach, because ultimately it is a very formulaic genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the reason you go in, because you know what you're going to get. There's going to be no surprises. It's the chicken tenders and fry basket of movies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's... Is there chemistry? Do I like the leads? And does it, like, make sense, I yeah. guess? And I think what has happened is, you know, they just can't... They don't make movie stars like they used to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... You know, now everything is just, like, Tyson frozen bullshit. When mm-hmm. it used to be, you know, Julia Roberts could have chemistry with a pile of wood. You know what I mean? Like A necklace holder. A necklace holder. <laughs> So yeah, good. they're on street chemistry. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Matthew McConaughey, same thing. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it's, I don't think it's that there's no appetite on the consumer side, but I think there's no appetite on the studio side to make these kind of movies. Like where you see successes in smaller movies like all the boys I loved before, which mm-hmm. is a small Netflix, more like a teen rom-com, but yeah. it's really good and it hits all those same beats. Yeah. The Big Sick is another one of That's those where right. it's like an indie, the indie rom-com Com- is more what you get nowadays because yeah. you can do it on the cheap. You get a lot of these comedians who are just like, I want to flex a little bit of my drama, but also it's funny. Mm-hmm. And we can do that more in the indie, whereas the the big budget rom-coms don't have drama really. It's all contrived. To make the girl cry, so that way she either realizes that he does love her, or this other guy loves her more. You know, yeah. like something like that, uh, and it feels contrived as a result. I also think actors don't want to be pigeonholed as much anymore. Where like, if you do a rom com, are you going to be the rom com guy or the rom com girl? And then you don't get to stretch your acting chops in something mm-hmm. serious because oh, you're seen as the the flirty one. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But it's interesting. We also like we just don't have big bankable stars. Like I was thinking about this recently. There's a new Sandra Bullock movie coming out. Mm-hmm. That's like a twist on romancing the stone. Yep. I think that um, fun. it's, it looks fun. Yeah. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, she's been doing this for three decades, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, and it we've, it, she's great at it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but we've not like, there's not sort of young actors that seem to be slotted and coming up in the same way that I can see having that same sort of like, Big star power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly interesting. I mean, obviously genres shift and, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't really have superhero movies the same way. And 40 years before that, we had Westerns. And so it's, 
Yeah. You know, times change, uh, tastes change, and, you know, these things will still exist in some form or fashion. And I think part of it, too, is people realize they could get away with the Lifetime movie version of rom-coms. And so, like, mm. Netflix puts out 50 million of them. Lifetime has them. Hulu has them. HBO has them. And they're all just Christmas prince and a prince <laughs> for all seasons. And, oh, my God, look, it's another prince. Or if I kiss <laughs> this guy, is he a prince? You know, a like prince oh. around the corner. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... You know, they exist, but again, they're smaller scale and they're very cookie cutter. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the genre could do if they wanted to go and be like, okay, here's Kristen Stewart and she's in a old-fashioned rom-com. Like, she wouldn't do it, but I just... I'm trying to think of a younger name in yeah. Hollywood that's... Well, she did do that Hulu one, technically, that yeah. Christmas, like... That one wasn't bad either. Not bad. That one was great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but oh, yeah. Well, we Dave Bryan we didn't like that they got together at the end. No, that wasn't right. I mean, we won't go <laughs> on a tangent, but I didn't agree with that ending. But fair enough. I, I that was good. I liked that one. All then, right. But well, I don't know anything about this movie at all. That there's people that maybe um, are tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the title's literal. I oh. Uh, I assume. Steve, spoiler alert. I don't know, though. I haven't seen it. These are guesses. Okay. Uh, the only thing I do know about this movie, outside of Nora Ephron doing the writing and directing, uh, is that it stars uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. So, Brian, do you have any favorite oh. Tom Hanks or Meg Ryan movies? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they were in this. I, haven't, I'm not, I feel like I'm not prepared. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Tom Hanks... <laughs> Name a Tom Hanks movie. Uh, yeah. What's uh, the one where he lives in the um, the airport terminal? The terminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got your terminals, your castaways, your Forrest Gumps, That's your right. Philadelphias, your Bigs, your Turner and Hooch. Big was like I, I watched a lot when I was younger. It was like one of like random VHS tapes that your parents mm -hmm. like had, and you just put it on because it's one of the only. VHS tapes you have. And, mm -hmm. God, what a creepy movie. Because, yeah, doesn't he, like, he falls in love make with an out with, like, woman. a 40-year-old woman or yeah. something? Who knows that he's also the 13-year-old, I think. <laughs> like, it's very... Not until the end. Like, one of the last scenes is, like, the realization washing over her face of, like, on, oh, like, the pier. Oh, crap, he's really eight. Damn it. <laughs> Should have known by the bunk bed. <laughs> he can play a mean big piano, though. R.I.P. Right. Big Piano. I know. What happened to it? Uh, F.A.O. Schwartz closed a decade oh, ago. And, right. and it took the big piano with it. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more Toys R Us in this instance. But they're gone too, so we'll blame Amazon. Yeah, um, Yeah, you've got Apollo 13. You've yes. got of course. Uh, Bosom Buddies. You've got <laughs> a whole bunch of... Yeah. The uh, Lady Killers. Captain Phillips. Toy Story. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dragnet. A League of Their Own. The only Tom Hanks movie we've where, done. I don't know show. where they disconnect. I just, I, I'm sorry. I just, had, I kind of like, I feel like I just stopped watching movies in my early 20s. And there's now this, this huge gap where I missed out on many years of. Just movies, watching movies in general. That's why we keep having you back. You're the perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like so many things you haven't seen. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I don't even know what the commentary to give. I guess it's like a, a, a fresh perspective. But yeah, I'm just yeah. just like all these movies I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. How about Meg Ryan? I couldn't even. 
Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> is she no, she's in the You Got Mail, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the When Harry Met Sally. She's Sally. Yeah. Oh, I, that's the same actress. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't remember that okay. it was her. Yep. Well, because that was like older. That was like in the eighty. Like in the. I think it's eighty nine. Eighty nine. Oh, I thought yeah. it was like in the mid or early eighties. Okay. Nope. So that really kind of started her on this romantic comedy through line that she was on. Okay. She was also a voice on Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh, okay. That's where I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know her. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun, Inner Space, some other great 80s movies. In the Cut. Yes. Mm. Joe the, versus the Volcano. Which is also that sounds Tom like Hanks, an animated it? movie. It's, it's, it's not. Oh. But that's also Tom Hanks. So him and Meg Ryan. Is there a volcano chemistry. in that movie or is it like a euphemism? Or I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a volcano. Yeah. Brian, do you have any expectations? Knowing nothing, not really sure who Meg Ryan is. You haven't seen a Tom Hanks movie in 30 years. What are you... Uh... Uh, I feel like it's going to be a good movie because it's that writer is is really good. Okay. Okay. Is this her directorial debut? She directed one movie before this that I cannot remember the name of at the moment, but it's small, not well-known, but she had been working as a screenwriter prior to this for a while. She had been married to um, Carl Bernstein of Woodard and Bernstein, so she actually did an early uh, adaptation of All the President's Men, and that's sort of what gets her started in Hollywood, like moving her out of kind of columnist journalism sphere into screenwriting um she does the screenplay for silkwood she adapts her book heartburn for the screen um but this is only the second movie she has directed yeah the first one is called this is my life thank you uh it has julie kavner uh gabby hoffman carrie fisher dan Aykroyd. so Kathy Jimmy. So there's some star power in there. But yeah, I, I've not heard of this. So I don't think it did quite as well as, obviously, Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And she's there pretty frequently on the set of When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Because uh, Reiner was like, I need, I need you here. I need you to be the female presence and perspective for me as I'm shooting this. Yeah, but I don't think I've seen, because I haven't seen this. I haven't seen You've Got Mail. I, I haven't seen Michael. Uh, John Travolta is an angel. <laughs> Um, oh. I never saw the Bewitched movie, I don't think, no. despite liking Bewitched, the TV show. And I never saw Julie and Julia either, which she directed as yeah. well. So this will be interesting to see her directing style, because I mm -hmm. don't... But I know her writing style is good, and obviously this is a classic for a reason, I would assume. So uh, I'm expecting some, some good chemistry, some good romantic tension, and uh, just some good overall writing and dialogue. So I'm quite excited for this. Uh, I never shy away as an adult from a rom-com, uh, though there are obviously big gaps from when I did into my 20s. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, Brian, any other thoughts? Anything else you want to get out there before we break to watch this? I am ready. Okay. All right. Well. What do you gentlemen have to say for yourselves? Fine. You know, I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by 
watching Sleepless in Seattle. Brian, Adam, how do you feel? A little sleepy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Adam, you haven't seen it. You didn't see her either, right? No. Okay. Hi. What'd you, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to copy Adam's work? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go first? Yeah. Um, I thought it was well written. I thought it was funny. Uh, I enjoyed it overall. But she's a psychopath. <laughs> and the movie is meant to play up like it's fate and there's signs and like all these things like the universe brought them together. It didn't. Yeah. She's a stalker. And it weirdly takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially because I didn't. This wasn't the movie I thought I was going to get going in. Where like. I know it was interesting to listen to you guys talk about like the beat for beat. We know what we're going to get. Yeah. Pretty people with each other. And they spend. Two minutes yeah. of screen time it, together. Yeah, it's an odd story, and it's like, it, like an hour. The movie goes by, and it's just, it just like nothing really happens for a while, and then it just, yeah, and then they meet, and then it just like ends. I don't know. It's very, it's odd in that sense. Yeah, yeah. like I like the fact that it's not formulaic, as we were talking about before. About so many rom coms tend to follow a certain formula. Um, and I, going in, I thought we were going to get more of a When Harry Met Sally kind of vibe, obviously knowing the connection, yeah. but of two people spending a movie together, ultimately falling in love with each other, like so many rom-coms are, even though the pathway they may take could differentiate from the formula. But the fact that they don't spend any time together, it's cool. It's a cool concept. And had it been more fate, I would have liked it way more than I did. I think they tried to put little little bits in there that make it seem like, oh, they were meant for each other because she peeled the an apple. Yeah. Even though it did come apart when she peeled it. It wasn't all in one piece. Like, she was peeling it with the knife, but it, I feel like it did come apart. When well, she, she only did, like, half the apple, I think. Yeah. But it I mean, still was that, that trick that he then tells the story about. She likes Brooks Robinson, even though everybody likes Brooks Robinson. Like, yeah. It does have those moments, but she's creepy. Like she hired a private investigator. Well, I mean, well, that, well, that she's a journalist, so that could be part of like her when she writes a story for something. She like gets a private investigator to start, yeah, doing some research for her, and that could be like a journalist thing. But I don't know, man. It just it was weird. It, it just like I don't. It just didn't seem too. I don't, well, it's obviously a work of fiction, but it just it seems so oddly unrealistic just like the way the people's behavior in it like the way they treated like the death of the mother like the kid is like so concerned about getting his dad laid more than like having a mother it's just it's just very odd vibes there i mean he's mature for his age they're talking about sex the kid was so annoying too it was like a classic annoying child in a movie just be because he was so nosy and well, yeah, and like smug and like he's sm- like you know 
rude to got, Victoria. He's rude and he's got attitude and it's just like... <laughs> well, he's the 90s. He's a rude attitude kid. Yeah, he's like problem child, you know. Problem 90s. child light. Yeah, he's yeah. like 90s. He's like, a, he's like a, a Bart Simpson type and it's just like... Come on, man. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I just... I shouldn't have said it was... I don't. Nora Ephron. No. I feel like you put two. You were like. Well, Harry Met Sally is just like. It's, it's a genius. masterpiece. Yeah. yeah, and this is just. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. I think it had some of that vibe, but I don't know. I just feel like the story. It just wasn't. It didn't like really connect completely. The story. It just was kind of all over the place, and the pacing was odd too. Like, a lot, like, the first hour just kind of dragged. I wonder if that's the expectation of, like, at least for me, it felt like it dragged a little bit. Because I was like, okay, can we get to the part yeah, like, where they what, meet? What, what is but they happen? don't. Yeah. So then the whole thing kind of feels like it drags because of the expectation of they're going to meet in order to fall in love. Not the whole point of this movie is to meet at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, you don't want to give away that it ending. It really, like, build up to that, like, big crescendo in in a tense way either because there wasn't enough hints about like oh is this guy she's currently with and it they drop some hints here and there maybe they're not like the best couple like but but then again some some part of you is like oh maybe they should just be together because i mean they're giving that guy a bad rap out of nowhere Walter, <laughs> you know, poor Walter. it's like poor oh, Walter. You know, you can't be with him because he's got a gluten allergy, yeah. and that's he's taking an antihistamine and you yeah, have a, a dehumidifier <laughs> bedtime routine. Meanwhile, he's the nicest guy. You like he's so nice. He's rich. <laughs> I think Handsome. that's what really turned you on this movie. I could tell that was what was going to disturb you and flip you. What was the Walter treatment? The Walter treatment. I mean, she's emotionally cheating on him, and oh, he even yeah. notices it by being yeah. like, "You've been distant since Christmas. Like, what's up?" Yeah, and she's like, like "I'm oh, so glad nothing. you're back." Yeah, and yeah, he gave, he gave her up so easily too. Like she chewed him up and spit him out <laughs> on the day she got her engagement ring of all days and his Valentine's grandmother's day. ring, his mother's ring, oh, yeah. his mother's ring. Yeah, that was. I feel like they. They did kind of. I would have liked to maybe have some tension between them, so that way it doesn't feel as bad. Because watching it, I was just like, she's just cheating. Yeah, like she's, she's not just emotionally nice. cheating, mm-hmm. and he has no idea that anything is wrong in the like. He has that he sense, has the, but yeah, but he, not what they're not fighting. There's no conflict. No, there's yeah. no like. There's no anything. It's just like, oh, this guy really, really loved his wife, and I just also love Walter, but. I gotta put drops in his dehumidifier, and that's weird to me, and I don't want yeah, to do it. Yeah, and like when, when they're at the New Year's Eve party, they're having fun, and she's proud to be with him at Christmas dinner. Like, there's all these things about how like well they're together. Yeah, and then she just drops him like a sack of potatoes. Like she she's not she's not a nice woman. <laughs> she's not like I know it's like I do, she's not likable. I don't think she, I don't like her. <laughs> and, to, and for that matter, I didn't really like. I didn't really find Tom Hanks' very character very charming either in the movie. I, I, I they did. deserve each yeah. other. No, <laughs> no, no. I like Tom Hanks in this. I uh, I like Tom Hanks in everything, honestly. Um, well, I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, but his character in the movie just. I'm not sure that you do like Tom Hanks though, because <laughs> no, remember you couldn't great. name a Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> I I I feel like he's a nice person. Yeah. 
Seems uh, like the nicest guy. Yeah, he's... he's uh... No, but I mean, even his character in this, it's, okay, yeah, he's a little short and a little snippy, but he's also a widower. Yeah. And the first year and a half of that, when they were both so young, it's not like he's a widower and they're in their 50s. Yeah. He's clearly in his mid-30s, probably. Uh, it's hard to judge age from back then. Oh, everyone, everyone looks so much older. I know. The kid might be 45, we're not sure. Yeah. And I had the same thought, like Meg Ryan, she's probably like portraying... Late twenties, not yeah, maybe even like mid mid twenties, but like she, they look like they're forty. Well, because the style was frumpier back then, yeah, and frump is back in. I, I was thinking, I was thinking that same thing watching it. Like all the outfits could woodwork nowadays, especially uh, Tom the babysitters. No, oh. it was especially <laughs> the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. But his that yellow coat that he was wearing, yeah, it was awesome. Very normcore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it didn't. I was. You saw me. I, I started. Uh, you were I playing brought a game RuneScape, on your phone. Yeah, I brought oh, up RuneScape. No. I was playing RuneScape on my phone for a minute there. Oh. I started to fade. I did. It's didn't, hard. Didn't if it yet. was, yeah. If it was, if you were watching the movie at home, that I know, was, I would have gotten up and went into the other room. I know because I've watched this with you at home. Not this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really? multiple times. Oh, and I was in the other room. You, so, just like, you got up in the middle and left. Like, I didn't you know You, like, that. see his dead wife. You're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I did remember that as soon as it started. I was like, oh, that's right. He's He's got a dead wife. Yeah. Okay, I remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I liked him. I felt bad at the beginning when the guy gave him the card to be like, here, talk to my therapist. And then he's got, like, the Rolodex of therapy cards. And I'm like, all right, I, I could see getting a little snippy there. I mean, it's immediately after. And... You know, he, he, he's fun with his kid or whatever, and he seems nice to the, the lady, but he doesn't want to be set up with strange, like, I couldn't imagine getting a million letters to my house being like, can I be your next wife? Because I heard your wife died on the radio. Yeah. That's creepy and weird. Yeah, she was just one of those creepy and weird people, but she just pushed it a little further. Yeah, because she had the resources to do so. If any of them were police yeah. officers or journalists, they probably would have gone to those lines Yeah, as well, and she but... took advantage of Walter's generosity to help it like help essentially fund this thing too in a sense you know it's not nice <laughs> but you find nothing about her charming no i think she's a lost woman <laughs> and i don't think she'll find happiness with tom hanks either and i think she'll never be satiated no i think there was she's crazy we're meant to believe there was a magic in that touch when he grabs her hand yeah like, I, this is, I feel like, a happily Magic. ever after scenario mm-hmm. going into the post-Sleepless in Seattle world here. Is there a sequel? No, no. there's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to know if her life ends I in I don't shambles? think it worked. No. No, I, th- I think the kid probably will get sick of her quick. Well, he didn't like, like the, la- the nice other lady. She did laugh like a hyena, though. It would so drive what? me nuts as a kid. Sense of humor is so important. Yeah, but there's limits. <laughs> she left it a little too much. Yeah. She gave the laugh up too easy. Well, you know, I think yeah. it was because she really just wanted to him. be a flirt. Yeah. She was... <laughs> well, she, yeah, she did a lot of that. <laughs> no, because she was leaning well, in and touching him. Like, she was trying yeah. to really show that she's into him. Yes. Um, because, like, when they first sit down, she's no, like... No, but the way that Brian says it, like, she just wanted... She was trying to be a flirt. No. Yeah, no, she's just trying to be nice. And... Yeah. So you see all the nice people in this movie just get kicked down. Walter and the laughing woman. <laughs> Maybe they'll end up together. Maybe in the sequel, the non-existent sequel, 
they'll uh, they'll meet up together. There are kind of parallels between Harry Met Sally with Rosie O'Donnell's character and Carrie Fisher. They're kind of like Sittler, both like the friend that helps them. Yeah. That are in their own weird, messed up relationships. Right, yeah, because yeah, Carrie Fisher's in a yeah, until off and on relationship. Until she gets or... hooked up with Bruno Kirby. Yeah. Um... Yes, I do. I love Rosie O'Donnell in this movie. She's, she's great. Yeah, she's really good. Rob Reiner is a Rob Reiner is awesome. Man. I love as usual. One of my favorite directors, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, he just kills it. Everything he does, it's yeah. crazy. No, I really liked him showing up. I thought that was fun. Rosie mm-hmm. O'Donnell was fun. All of the like side characters are good. Even like the babysitter just being like completely aloof is like, oh. like a great character moments. And yeah, I love when he's running around like Jonah. Jonah! I can't do a good Tom Hanks. Yeah. And then you just, five seconds later, hear her go, Jonah? Yeah. <laughs> she has no energy whatsoever. Like, he's running around to first when we first see her to go out, and she's just completely lost, and whatever they're watching on TV, like, does not give a shit about where the Epicac mm-hmm. is, or, you know, anything the like that. The phone number. Yeah, the phone number, none of it. So, like, I liked all the, you know, the characters and everything, and it's funny. It's just the... Meg Ryan storyline is weird to me. The premise is hard to overcome. It is. And I feel like it would have been so easy to just like make her actually write a story. Make it seem like she's doing this for work. And they just keep missing each other. Like she wants to follow up. Not because she's in love with him. Because she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't know that yet. But then they touch hands at the end. And there's that spark. And you're like, oh my God. It is. It's fate. It's magic. Not, oh my God, this woman stalked him. Went to his house, followed him and his son on a boat, watched them play football on the beach, then almost watched gets hit by son. a car to maybe say hello, but she doesn't because she sees the sister. Like it, the, her watching at the watching them play football on the beach while she's peering out around behind a closed restaurant would be such a creepy imagery if the genders were reversed. Yeah. That I, in my mind, I'm just like, who's okay with this? Well, that's where I thought the movie was going. Like, she'll, she gets the story, and then she goes to interview the guy, and as she learns more about him, then she'd start to fall for him. You know what I mean? Not, she has a lot of assumptions about, really all she knows about him is from that little phone interview. Yeah. She doesn't know anything else about him. How do you feel about her portrayal? We haven't gotten any of your feelings on the movie yet. Obviously, you love it. I, I do, do enjoy like it. it. Don't, this say is... it like <laughs> Don't say it like that. There's no judgments on this show, Brian. No, no I'm just... No, no, I didn't mean to say <laughs> She's a flirt. Yeah. Why do you like it? a hoe. It? Oh, no, I was surprised that they said hoe. I didn't... I thought that was like... I didn't know that was a 92 thing. I thought it's that was a 90s, modern. baby. Yeah. She a hoe. Lots of hoe culture in the 90s. Yep. This is actually not my favorite rom-com. It's taken me a while to come around to it, and I like bits and pieces of this movie. I like Hanks' performance. Mm-hmm. I like Meg Ryan's performance, though her, I do agree. Her performance is great. Yeah. Oh, she's so, there's, she's, there's no she's likable in everything. It's just... The, like, the premise itself is yeah. hard to swallow. Every moment where she's not talking about stalking him, it's like, oh, she's cute. She's adorable. Oh, look, she loves Walter. They're doing the quiz about who does what in her family. Like, that's fun and adorable. But once the stalker stuff comes in, it's where she loses me. But normally, she's just Meg Ryan, and she's great. Yeah. I like the kid interaction. I don't, I just, it's, I like it. And I think I have come to like this movie more as I've gotten older. When Harry Met Sally feels... 
you know, there's a lot of rat-a-tat-tat, their interactions, um, upheaval, conflict, like, sort of throughout the plot, whereas this is just yearning on both sides, and then just coming to the decision, like, I know what's gonna make me happy. I don't know, Mm -hmm. just it feels much more, even though the premise is psychopathic, the tone feels much more subdued and like, yes, this is okay. Yeah, and I think that's why I can say that I like it, even though it's, I don't love it. Yeah. Because there's so much holding it up, like there's so much propping it up, Mm -hmm. but the overall arc of her character is awful. Yeah. (laughs) So like, and I wonder too if maybe like, because obviously this has been beloved probably since it came out. Like, I don't think this was a late bloomer. Everybody loved it in 2003. Yeah. This was from the get-go a much beloved romantic comedy. I wonder if maybe the fact that it's 1993 and this is happening seems less strange than now where everything is at everybody's fingertips and stalking is so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that seems almost novel of like, oh, look, she she just wants to find love so much. Look at the work she's putting in. Like, isn't that romantic how much work she's putting in? But it's like, yeah, but think just think about it for a second like that work okay yes it shows her drive and her determination and her you know willingness to fall in love and meet the man of her dreams but it's manufactured because it's creepy yeah (laughs) so i wonder if this is a hindsight thing uh maybe i mean there's a lot of like you see interesting references within the movie to you know how dating has changed from Mm -hmm. the 70s to the 90s uh particularly in Sam's case talking about, you know, you don't have to pay for dinner anymore. You split it. Mm -hmm. She'll call you. Yeah. You have to get tested. You know, all these sort of changes. But you can even sense how much has changed from 93 to 2022. Yeah. You know, there's this running gag where the men bring up to various women, like, you're more likely to be killed in a terrorist attack than get married over the age of 30. 40. No, it's 30. Yeah. I thought he said 40. It's 40. What, what, were they, when they were saying... I think oh, it's 30. Maybe when they were saying like... that book, that book, were they, ta- what, were they talking about that, like, men from Mars and women from Venus book that was popular in the uh, 80s I, and 90s? I don't know. Or probably something very similar. But, like, there is, like, shifting anxieties of, like, why are women getting married older? And, you know, of course it's framed as, like, it's because women are fucked up and nobody wants them, instead of, like, why would a woman get married? And I think that has shifted, whereas, you know, we see someone, like, get married out of college and go, a child bride, you know? like Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just interesting to kind of think about. So that could be part of it. I think there's also, Efron is very clearly attached to old Hollywood and you know, these sort of more madcap old Hollywood plots. Her parents, I believe, both worked as script doctors. She grew up in California. There's references throughout this movie to An Affair to Remember, which I assume neither of you have seen. That was going to be a question of having not seen that movie, does that hinder my enjoyment of this potentially? Like, if I had seen that movie and understood more of the references, does would that make this better? Or is that just like a fun fact? Um, kind of situation. No, because they they cover it all yeah. with Rita Wilson's summary. You kind of which was get. great. I it, love oh, that it's scene. so good. Yeah. 
Um, and then Victor Garber and Tom reaction of talking about the dirty, the dirty dozen. dozen. Yeah. It's one of the out of me. Yeah. Like that was hilarious. And she's like, wait, are you guys making fun of me? Or are you actually sad about this movie? Yeah. And then at the end, it seems like she doesn't care because the bit goes on for so long that it becomes funny, even though they are very much making fun of her. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. They covered the high points and, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Like, it's interesting to watch. I think, I don't know. If you're a rom-com person, it maybe sweetens the deal to, like, be in the know and know the scenes and mm-hmm. be able to, like, do the speech that they mouth, like, yeah. when they're sitting that was on the couch. Scene. Yeah. They're crying and mouthing that scene. Yeah. I also loved when, uh... Jonah's little friend watches it for the first time. She's like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> Crying her eyes out while they go steal from a travel agent. Yep. So, yes, but like thinking about her her love of cinema in that way, I think it just feels like a natural choice for her. Mm. It's like, let's go all out. Mm. Was there anything that you did like about it, Brian? Um... It wasn't terrible. I was I, I was kind of bored by it. Do you think that's more the like the plot? <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> I'm sorry. He's under the gun so yeah. bad. Like he feels like he's on trial here, and you don't have to be Brian. There's no judgments on the show. There's just hu- judgments when we get home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You're in a safe space now, so get it all. I'm out being there. honest. No, that and that's what we want. Yeah, and we can appreciate that. Do you think that was more to do with the? Like, the mistreatment of the nice characters and, like, her and Tom kind of being not so nice? Or was it just, like, did you find any of it funny? Did you like any of the characters besides Rob Reiner? Not really, no. I I, I didn't... I, I didn't find a lot of humor in the movie too much um, at all. <laughs> okay. I, I thought it was, like, kind of slow-moving, and uh, I, I just couldn't get into it. Man. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know. It just was kind of a blur at this point. Fair enough. You said at the beginning of this movie, and I noted it, uh, as Tom Hanks is talking about grieving his dead wife, you said, what does he have to be sad about? It's the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's an architect, and it's the 90s. It's the go-go 90s, and it's just a, it's a, it's a, a time of... of prosperity and wealth and that's not what you said though you you're said, thinking of the 80s yeah well, no the night the, the 90s, 90s are, were popping are booming. Yeah, they were popping but you said kurt cobain is still alive and jerry <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah no i i kind of missed at the beginning that that the mom that, that what whose funeral they were at but, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the there's a shot that pans up and you see the skyline of Chicago. <laughs> like Sears Tower. Like they had also said Chicago. I didn't hear that. <laughs> and you go, ah, uh, Seattle. <laughs> well, I, I just assumed it was Seattle because the movie was called Seattle. I've been to Chicago, so I. I was just ready to to be in Seattle. <laughs> to be fair, if there wasn't the Space Needle in the shot, I wouldn't have known it 
to be any city yeah. Yeah. necessarily. It's not like New York where I know those buildings more. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one, Brian. But I did think that was really funny. Because <laughs> you're like, that's Chicago. Because I missed them saying Chicago too. So I thought you meant like, oh, they call it Sleepless in Seattle. But they really filmed it in Chicago because of tax credits or whatever. Um. So that was a funny start to have it be not in Seattle. Uh, and to have a bulk of it take place in Baltimore, of all places. Yep. Uh, so we get Chicago, Baltimore, Washington a little bit, maybe. And I know you were joking about the four cities you get in yeah. a rom-com. These are all these different. Are, from all, these yeah. are all four. And a, well, I would say three plus a wild card of Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, we get Seattle, New York, Chicago, Baltimore. Yeah. I, it breaks uh, all the molds that I thought yeah. this movie with was going to follow. With my rom-com combo, can I sub Baltimore for L.A.? <laughs> As, as a child who listened to a lot of radio in the 90s, that was mm-hmm. my thing when I was a kid. I just loved listening to the radio and talk shows and stuff. It it didn't, that like um, show he was on was something, I don't know if he even kind of exists anymore. Dr. Like, Marsha Fieldstone. Yeah, like a Dr. Laura Lessinger. Yeah, I assume that's what they, yeah. were, they were aping there. But that, yeah, I listened to a lot of that when I was younger and like, yeah. That, that's, Would you have called in? As a kid, yeah, uh, more coast to coast caller. I was a, I was a coast I to coast. Talk AM. about aliens. Yeah, <laughs> I was more of a coast to coast AM participant. But um, yeah, that that was just odd. I don't know. The the he the kid was kind of annoying to me. So he is actually the second actor to play that role. What do you mean? Tom Hanks tells this really good story in the Nora Ephron documentary called Everything is Copy. I highly recommend it. But he's talking about how she could be really ruthless in the director's chair in terms of making decisions and telling people, like, this is what I want. I want you're going to do it. You know, he said she had they had hired someone like a different kid and they had him on set for a day. And Tom said he could see her just kind of. Be like, mm-mm. And he said to her, like, well, you're not going to fire the kid, are you? Mm. And then she did. And he's like, she fired the kid! Hmm. Damn. No ruthless. one, like, ruthless. Ruthless. So that this was the second choice. This was the second choice. You should have kept going. Oh, no. Oh, no! I think he's good. Yeah, I didn't really have a problem with him. Obviously, he's a little more mature and a little snappier of a talker. Yeah. Than... Do, you, do you dislike the actor or do you dislike the character? Both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, How... no, I, I didn't think he was bad. I thought he did a, a good job, uh, obviously being a little more mature than anticipated for a kid of, what does he say, he's like eight or something like that? I think he said eight, yeah. 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 So I guess that's a little older than I thought. I guess he was short for his age. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think he was nearly... I mean, what's the difference, I guess? <laughs> not around enough yeah, not to yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, it was kind of cute that he called in for his dad at first. Like, the setup for it was cute. Because, like, oh, kid's just worried about his dad. Like, he just wants... He wants him to be happy because he remembers his dad being happy. And he knows that for the last 18 months, his dad has not been happy naturally so and obviously the kid doesn't understand grieving the same way that an adult would even though he misses her and all that but i I liked his interactions with his little friend i thought that was fine i love the hey dad did you know when you play this backwards it says paul is dead but yeah yeah (laughs) how it's just why are you in your room with a girl and you want the door closed you're eight like what are we doing yeah 
I like Gabby Hoffman, too. Mm-hmm. From Nora Ephron's first movie. Yes. What a treat. Yeah. She has a good moment when they go to confront her. She has little um, acronyms, I guess you would say, she uses throughout. Mm-hmm. She puts one in the letter that they write to Annie, which is also hilarious. Yeah. What, a- Dear M-F-E-A. Annie, I think you're neat. Yeah. So neat. Meant for each other. Yeah. Um, well, Annie says made, but same thing. I thought meant as well. Yeah. When I was piecing together the acronym. Yeah. But she says, when they ask her, where is he? She goes, N-Y. And her dad is like, means no way. <laughs> it's N-W. <laughs> the way that Tom Hanks comes into frame. Like, oh, my God. You idiot. That's N-W. Where's my son? <laughs> I did quite New enjoy that. York. Yeah, he yeah. just comes sliding in and being like, you're a dumbass. You're raising this kid who just sent my kid on a flight to New York. I don't want to hear right. from you. Where's my son? Yeah. <laughs> there was another acronym the kid used at one point, And the, Tom Hanks was like, what? And he's like, it means this, Dad. Like, I don't remember what it was, though. So, yeah, he must get all his acronyms from mm-hmm. his little friend. Yeah, she's very mystical, too, talking about reincarnation. You and Annie were... Friends in a past life, but couldn't oh, be together. Yeah, that whole airport walk and I'm, talk. <laughs> I'm more tapped in to these energies because I'm young and pure. Yeah, I'm more in touch with cosmic energies. Yeah, that was really funny. And Tom Hanks is like, I just need to see Meg Ryan. I need to follow her through the airport. Same. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was funny. So, like, I liked, I liked their conversations. I liked their dynamic, too, as, like, a father-son because, yeah. you know, at that point, you're just, you're kind of just friends. Like, the parenting almost falls away because you're like, I can't, I can't discipline. I can't focus. Like, I just need to, like, be here for my son. So, we're just, we're friends now. We're talking about sex. We're talking about all the women I bagged in college, you know, all these different things. So, like, I like their dynamic. I like their back and forth. Them reading the letters together was funny. Though there's no way in hell I'd let my kid open letters from strange women who were sending Polaroids. Like, yeah. I, no way. <laughs> I don't know what's coming in, though. These these women are creepy. <laughs> I like that you were like, Polaroids. And my, I was like, yeah, anthrax. That's what I was thinking. Oh, no. Because, like, the second that he opens that first letter and it's like, oh, this looks like a third grade teacher. Wait a minute. It is my third grade teacher. I was like, oh, yeah. So one of these women is definitely sending a nude Polaroid to be like, yeah. This is what you could have, yeah. Radio Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't sending powder through the mail. It was bombs and nude and Polaroids. Nude. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only things you could send through the mail back then, kids. Yeah. It was a Wild West time. <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed their dynamic and their, and their banter. Same thing with Rosie O'Donnell and, and Meg Ryan. I really liked all of their interactions together. Especially Rosie just constantly rolling her eyes that... Meg's oh, indecisiveness. Talking well, it, she's not even at her indecisiveness, but talking about Walter and just mm. like I'm just no, I love Walter. She's like, no, you don't. Yeah, just, like poor Walter. I want to see a spinoff movie where we find out what happened with the tree guy. What's the story there? Yeah, that's a the that's a sign. Yeah, when Rosie O'Donnell's like. Everything happens oh, for a reason. Yeah. I moved to this house which had a rotten tree, and that and I, the rotten tree is why I got divorced, and then. Me getting divorced is why I got in that accident, which is where I met Rick, and which is why my life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but where's her Disney Plus spinoff se- series, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to follow that character. And, you know, maybe she moves on from Rick and finds her own sleepless in Seattle. Maybe. What did you think, Brian, of the uh, the title coming from him very literally being a sleepless widower living in Seattle? It was 
I said it probably wasn't literal, and it definitely was. It was. It was really on the nose there. <laughs> he was sleepless during the movie, but the movie made me sleepy. You've been working on that this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> you got that one queued up for you? Is that, was, that, was that on the notepad you dropped? <laughs> I gotta remember, I'm sleepy now. <laughs> I just, um, watching I, uh, Bill Pullman, I look at his name, that's what I was looking at, but mm. it reminded me of uh, the David Lynch movie Lost Highway. Did you ever see that? He was he starred in that, and it's a very different character. You've shown me a clip from, it <laughs> and I like to imagine sometimes with um the murderer. Uh, yeah, I mean it's fun to think of like uh that it like exists in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, poor Bill Pullman will never recover from this role in my mother's eyes. Why? What's wrong? With Anytime she sees him, she's like, poor Walter. Oh, yeah. No, he did nothing wrong. Like, Independence Day giving a rousing speech to defeat aliens, she's like, I just can't see him as anything but poor Walter. Get that man a tissue. Well, your mother should watch Lost Highway. She'll never watch Lost Highway. (laughs) What about while you were sleeping? Because he's the the star of that movie, too. I think it would be tough for her, because he's more of the... He's in the Tom Hanks role. Mm Mm-hmm. And... It would hard, be hard for her to not see him as a drip, unfortunately. Because of his allergies. Because of his allergies, yeah. yeah. Does that make you... That's very ableist, you know. <laughs> we're not even getting into Does that. that make you, we're not even... I mean, we're, we're led to believe that, like... that. Well, it kind of paints, like, oh, he's not a good person because he has, like, a disability. I don't think that's necessarily the no. goal. I think it's just that it's like... It's like, oh, there's no way he could... She could be happy with him because he has to take, like, medication. <laughs> I think it's more that it's just, it's it's high maintenance. It seems like the love is already gone and they're not even married yet. Like, it it seems, I think yeah. they try to paint it of, there's no spark between there's them. There's no magic. Yeah, yeah there's no there's, magic. And there's never been. Yeah. Which you get before well, we even it meet. Depends what your definition Sam. of magic is. Because I think there were some magical moments. What what magic do you think they when had? When he gave her the ring and she says it's perfect, mm-hmm. that's ma- like that's magic. He was so happy to see her when he opened the sweet doors at the plaza. They're dancing and they're on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and she's make, he, he's making her laugh, and they're having a fun time at the New Year's Eve party. And then when they picked the china, they both said ten places. Well, and it looked like his grandmother's china. Yeah. See, it was those kinds of moments. like, But those. it wasn't the right kind of magic, I guess. It was no. practical magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not the, the hands, and you don't know where your hand starts and where theirs mm-hmm. is, or starts and ends. And yeah. But I think she's going to regret her mistake. <laughs> okay. Crawling back to Walter. Heartbroken in Baltimore. Yeah. So yeah. But it was those moments where they show that they're in love as opposed to her just running around screaming, I love Walter so much, which seems like projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it probably oh, is. Yeah, like, who are you trying to convince? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, as much as, like, Walter has allergies, Walter sneezes, <laughs> a lesser movie would make him an asshole. Yeah. And make you root, actively root against him, you know, by just mm-hmm. making him, like, a slob or... 
he doesn't work or he's demeaning to her in some way. He puts stuff in the fridge Rich- without a lid and just waits for it to walk out by the- itself. Exactly. <laughs> like the waitress says. Yeah. But he is so nice and gentle and respectful. Mm-hmm. And he does have like a, a little redeeming moment at the end where he says, you know, I don't want to be second choice. Yeah. Like, le- let's leave out how I feel about you. Yeah. Like, I won't be. Which it. To your point, Brian, it seems like he gave up too easily. But in reality, like if someone told you that they are having second thoughts about you and aren't sure if this is what they want, wouldn't you be like, okay, fine, like then go. Like I'm not gonna wait for you to figure out if this magical mystery man is gonna show up at the Empire State Building. Like just, I should be enough on the outset. Like you shouldn't even need that. Let me just. In her right mind. Yeah. She's hysterical. Let me just tell all of our listeners, if you're in a position where someone is telling you they're not sure about their feelings, it's a no. Yeah, they're And it's sure. time to move on. Yeah, they're sure. They're sure, and they don't want to tell you it's a no. And mm-hmm. you can, it's time to cut your losses. Yeah. But, like, them being sweet together was when I really started to realize that, like, oh, she's basically in an affair. Like, she's emotionally cheating on him. Because... Well, you, to your point, a lesser movie would paint him as the villain. I don't even necessarily want him to be so bad that I root for her to leave. I just want there to be some more amount of friction between them where they both just need to realize they're not right for each other. Yeah. Like, rather than her being the one who just, like, cannot wait to step out. And he's just like, she's going through a rough time. You know, it's the it's the winter. She's got... Seasonal affective disorder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll get through this. It's a rough patch. Everybody has them. Maybe it's wedding cold feet. Who knows? We'll work through it. Not, oh my God, I think she's going to leave me for a guy she heard on the radio a month and a half ago for three minutes or however long it was. Um, although I guess it was longer because there was enough time for 2,000 phone calls and the kid to fall asleep. But yeah, I just wanted them to at least seem like there was actually something wrong with them as a couple. Mm-hmm. when, to Brian's point, it does kind of seem like his worst quality is his allergies. Yeah. But there's no spark. But they don't have the spark. They don't have the magic. But they're also, like, we don't get a sense of how long they've been together. Right? I know, yeah, yeah. We just aren't... They, you do, though, because in the attic, she's telling her mother that they met oh. somewhat recently. Oh, When okay. they switched their sandwiches. Yeah, I remember the sandwich store. I couldn't tell how... I don't remember... Her saying, like, it's been six months or it's been a year. I did think it was weird that they were engaged without and, meeting each other's families. Mm-hmm. And when he she gave it, he gave her the ring, I was like, oh, shit, you've been engaged, told your families, started registering at Tiffany's, and you don't even have a ring yet? Mm-hmm. Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I guess that part of it goes to the there's no spark. This was kind of just a spur of the moment thing. But even then, if you get engaged that quickly, there should have been a spark, right? Theoretically. He's sparking with her, but she's just kind of, she's not thought about it. She has tried to be rational all her life. And it's just like, here on the face of it, here is a person who can be a good partner, be an ideal husband, checks all the boxes, and that's all I need. And things don't really start to unravel until her mother gives her that speech in the attic. Mm, Where she rips that wedding dress. Where she rips the wedding dress. What do you think of the sign. wedding dress? Uh, very bland. Very bland. It's coming back in, though. Satin's back. Okay. 
All my 2022-2023 brides. Sands back. Okay. Um, Rips that sleeve, though. Ruins it. Yeah. It could be mended, though. Yeah. On the seam. True. But yeah, it was a sign. Even though she doesn't believe in signs at this point in the movie. Yeah. And then all it takes is Tom Hanks talking about how much he loves his dead wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, like, I do, I love the way that little monologue is written like i do i'm like oh my god yeah the how much how long is your program line was oh my god oh yeah uh brian please speak so kindly of me (laughs) (laughs) in the event of my untimely death and it does make you like oh god that's yeah that's what everybody wants yeah and so like that's why i have such a hard time with this in like my overall thinking of it is because the setup is is cool. Like, mm-hmm. the setup is a good idea. Tom Hanks carries that character at the very beginning. You could tell that he's sad. You could tell that he's heartbroken. The part where he lays down on New Year's and he's, like, he hallucinates his wife coming in to, like, have a beer with him and talking about, like, all the things they used to say to each other. Like, that's cute and it's heartbreaking. Uh, and, like, all of these moments are really nice. And then it's wrapped up in the weird and, stalker. And then he has, he gets stuck with a psychopath. Yeah. So, like, it's it's so tough because those moments are so nice and because it's so well written from a character, like, from a quips and dialogue standpoint, mm-hmm. I think it's the story that lacks a little bit. But the world that is created and these people that are created are genuinely interesting to watch. And I liked watching them. But the overarching story just kind of takes it down several pegs to where I don't think I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. You have to see this. I'll always just point to When Harry Met Sally over this. And I haven't seen You Got Mail yet, and maybe that's a redeeming film. Uh, There could be cheaters in there, but... It's... the fact that, like, they don't really meet till... Can you... (laughs) What, is that a spoiler? Well, I know they talk through email for a big chunk of it, and... Yeah, I know it's a, somebody owns a bookstore and someone wants to put a bookstore out of business because they like work for Barnes and Noble or Amazon or something. I think that's the plot of the movie. You can't. We haven't seen it yet. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. Adam hasn't seen it. All right, I didn't spoil anything. It's fine. I'll forget. (laughs) 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 Um, I would, yeah. The fact that both of you have seen When Harry Met Sally is fantastic but that's usually that's what i recommend for people like you want the the nora efron experience the the creme de la creme the creme de la creme filmography Mm -hmm. yeah no one's saying you have to watch bewitched the remake (laughs) they're saying you have to watch uh when harry met yeah um and i still i prefer you've got mail to this one okay but yeah i would say so but i don't know this movie has grown on me over the years what do you remember what your initial trepidation was with it like, why did it, what was the hump you had to get over? Or was it just repeat viewing, you noticed different things? I think repeat viewing, noticed different things. So they probably saw this for the first time when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so some of the, when you're 16 and Tom Hanks is talking about, you know, I have, I had this partner who I love so much, you know, how much, like that sort of. My life was perfect for a little my bit. My life was perfect. That sort of contentedness mm-hmm. in a romantic movie did nothing for me. Like, I'm like, give me the notebook. I want, like... Yeah. You want sparks. You want magic. You want... Tra- like, and yeah. a lot of this is, even though the premise is ludicrous, <laughs> is really, is relatively low-key. Yeah. And I think I probably wanted more, you know, traditional 
get your main couple on screen and have sparks fly, what have you. I don't know. It's just grown on me. Yeah, I think that's also something that I'm struggling with, too, because I assume they have great on-screen chemistry together because they're both fantastic actors. And when they they do have the magic hand touch, it's sweet. And you can tell that, like, okay, they're, they're feeling it. I, of course, can't buy into that because of all the things she's done already. Yeah. So it kind of takes it out. And that's why I do wish that this had been more, a bit more formulaic in that I would have got to see them interact a bit more. Like, I would have got to see them on screen together being their best selves. Because that would be, I think, much more enjoyable than Hyena Laugh and Walter. You know, as nice as Walter is, and he didn't do anything wrong in this movie. He's not Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, which no. just, you say them and they go together. Yes, it's uh, true. Like Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Who's <laughs> <laughs> also in this. Yeah, his sister. Weird. Yeah. Although that hug at the beach, that's no sister hug. Yeah, she's a hoe. <laughs> yeah. Brian, would you have liked Annie to have spent more time with Sam? Who? <laughs> Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Oh, if they spent more time together in the movie? Yeah. Like, if it wasn't a, a uh, meme at the end... Would, if that would mean that the movie would be longer, then no. No. But we're just, we're just saying, like, if if maybe when she went to Seattle that first time, they met and started... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was very odd that she just left like that. But I guess that's just the, how the pacing of the movie was and how they just decided to... How that would go down. Mm-hmm. To, I guess, build more tension. They'd finally do meet. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It... it it wasn't what I expected, um, with with how when I thought that there would be more of like them like kind of fostering a, a relationship instead of these kind of near misses and then and then finally meeting at the end. Okay. <laughs> I think the near misses probably also would have been better too if they lived in the same city. Like if she worked in Seattle and was yeah. like, "Oh, I need to find this guy," and they just keep, keep passing by, other, and yeah. yeah, he sees her on the street. She doesn't realize he's there she goes to the house they've already left like if that had been something where she wasn't flying across the country to go find him i think i could have bought into it a little bit better because it's like oh she is researching this story it just so happens that he's in her backyard yeah and so that's why she's pursuing the story more so than i just have to know if if true he's my true love because he knows how to love the way that it ended up being. Meanwhile, she should have written a story about the radio show. Like, she's a writer who doesn't write anything for the whole movie. She writes the letter. But yeah. do you think that she'd be more of like a, uh, more of, it's part of her identity that she's a reporter because, you know, it's it's a, it's a profession where it's like, you know, it, it's a journalist. It's like their life, you know what I mean? Like, you think that she would not miss an opportunity to make this into a story. In- integrated with her character, but she just kind of seemingly doesn't do any do anything that like at least you get to see Tom Hanks architect a little bit, <laughs> but she spends you know three weeks like not writing, and you know yeah when there's something very interesting going on and her editor is telling her to write a story about this, she chooses not to for some reason. Could have been the perfect excuse. I thought that's what she would say to the husband. Oh, I'm going to go write this story about this man that was on the radio, and I'm going to go interview him. And I thought that's that's where it was going. Maybe that's what the script was. At well, and they kind of say that's why she's going out there. She's writing a story about people who call into these call-in shows yeah. and bereavement and all these different things. She could have used that as an uh, an excuse to like meet him. Mm-hmm. 
and it would have worked perfectly, but it just didn't. Yeah, I, I She'd thought they just look at him and walk away. Halfway through, when she kind of leaned into the "I'm going to write a story on this," whether that was real or just an excuse she was giving, I really thought that's what was going to get him to New York to try was that this woman was so overwhelmed and you know by his story that she wrote something for the paper and maybe it gets picked up nationally or the C- the Seattle Times if they're owned by the same people as the Baltimore Sun like Rob Ryan would be like hey you're in the newspaper you see this and then he's like all right i got to give it a chance like she wrote the beautiful letter and Jonah's is infatuated like and that would have at least made more sense than little boy buys airplane ticket and flies cross country <laughs> I like Little Boy Buys Airplane and Ticket. sits for 12 hours in a observation deck. Poor mm. Jonah. I was eagle-eyed, though. I caught you that back. You were. Back. I almost wish it said anything. Well, I, was I mean... So, I was like, yeah, I saw it. I, I figured it was a continuity error when they were walking back and he didn't have the backpack. It was very much like uh, when we watched Stand By Me and I'm like, he didn't get his hat back. Like, for some reason, I noticed, <laughs> I noticed people losing personal possessions in movies. Um, and so when they were walking to the elevator, I was like, oh, he doesn't, he left his backpack. And Bridge was like, he did leave his backpack. And I was like, oh, he left his backpack. Uh, and figured since she was going up there and all alone, and they were obviously, they were either going to meet at the elevator and be like, well, oh my God, it's you. Or she's going to get the backpack. And I assume rifling through it like a, like the mad, crazy stalker woman she is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a little kid's backpack. You could be looking for some kind of identification tag or something to be like, here, front desk at the Empire State Building, here is little child's backpack. She's She's looking for things for her. The set of Polaroid nudes (laughs) from an English teacher in Kansas. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was either they meet at the elevator or meet like they did, or she goes back to Seattle with the backpack to be like, you did come, or, you know, oh my god, but I don't know. Like, I, I, to Brian's point about, like, I don't think it's going to work, like, what is the conversation of, like, why were you looking for me? You were looking for me? What? what? But it's okay, because yeah. he's could, been looking for her, too. Yeah, kind, kind of. I mean, you could, he could, he could. He chased her in the airport. He kind of just gave up pretty easily. Like, one, like a couple people. Like, That's her type. In front of her. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Giving up easily is her type. Yeah. But that one was more just like a, ooh, pretty lady. And then he followed her and he probably realized, this is creepy. I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Would you be open to watching more rom-coms having seen this, Adam? Oh, I, I don't have problems with rom-coms. Okay. I think that's one of those things where, like, as I got older, it was like, there are no guy movies and girl movies. Just see a movie if it's good. Like, yeah. who who cares? But, like, little kid me, teenage me, edgelord 20-something me would have been like, no, <laughs> uh, kissing, bleh, you know. Like, <laughs> but, like, as an adult now, good movie's a good movie. I'll watch, you know, I'll watch anything if someone tells me it's good and wants to sit down. That's why we have this show. Could this watch more true. things. Like, that's the point. But I think if this was my introduction to Nora Ephron... I don't think I'd be on board. Mm -hmm. I think that her earlier work that I love sets the stage for me giving her a second chance. Yeah. And especially with you saying that you got males better or you prefer it more. I prefer it. Um, And I think it would work. Many of the issues that you're having would be resolved. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't have anything. If someone was like, oh my God, you have to see Notting Hill or Runaway Bride or 
Maybe not some of the Matthew McConaughey ones, because eh, I don't know. No, the wedding planner went back to watch that recently. Mm-mm. Yeah, or the there's some weird. Is there one where he's with Kate Hudson in the desert or something? I feel like that happens. Um, there's. Or am I just thinking of Sahara? The Sahara. Is that a rom com? Fool's Gold. Fool's, Fool's gold. gold. That's what I'm thinking of. So like stuff like that, where I'm like, eh, because mm-hmm. I don't remember people saying very good things about it. Yeah. And I think that's when the formula started kicking into overdrive. But, you know, if someone was like, no, this is my favorite movie. Like, we should watch it. I'd be like, okay, fine. Like, I'll give it yeah. a chance. This didn't sour me on wrong. I'm not, I didn't take a step back at okay. the very least. Fair enough. Despite not having the highest of praise for this. But again, it's just, it's the overall thing that, that bothers me. But all the little individual pieces are really good. And that's why I struggle with this yeah. so much. And I think that's probably more why it's beloved is because yeah. of the the actors and the side characters and maybe the premise more so than the execution, mm-hmm. which I feel like is where it really lacks and brings it from what could be an A rom-com to like a C plus, B minus. I could watch it again because I like the characters and maybe like you, it would grow on me over time. But as of right now, it's just kind of like a eh. I wouldn't necessarily say seek it out. If, you, if you've gone this long and haven't seen this, movie that people have been telling you you have to watch don't but you don't need to go out of your way to do it but you know if you're if you're down for an hour 45 of yeah so long two people looking for love it's it's not terrible it's not the worst movie i've ever seen so there you go brian don't think i'd watch it again okay would you watch other rom-coms or has it soured you more on rom-coms i'm soured okay oh no well, you'll have to put in some work when you get home, Bridget. You'll have to we'll find something. Go to the go to the next <laughs> tier up and yep. see if you can. Uh... But yeah, if a good movie is going to be a good movie either way, but it, I didn't love it. Okay. It is interesting to think about the male female divide. It's What's a theme the that runs in the movie. Yeah, they do straight call it out in the movie of like that's a chick movie. Yeah, it's um, kind of meta in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even just the divide here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely be interested to we'll see, have like... To experiment more with the genre. Like, anybody who's listening, like, if you're in a couple with your significant other, like, do you have... Does, is this split along the gender divide? Mm-hmm. Where, like, the woman loves it and the man doesn't. And I don't even... Th- and I don't not like it because it's a chick movie. I just don't like it because if you swap these genders... No one would put up with this. <laughs> like, this is one of those movies. And no one should. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those movies, too, where I feel like I've seen the, you know how people, like, recut trailers and make it seem like a horror movie? Oh, no, this is doof. I feel like this is one of those classic examples of someone doing that. And I probably saw it at the time and went like, oh, they turned a rom-com into a horror movie. Like, that's kind of funny. Because uh, obviously the movies can't be like that. But then I watched it and I was like, it kind of is, though. And I think that's a little too apt for this situation. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's mm-hmm. episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also rate the show 
in-app on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify so let us know what you think of the show. Uh, we greatly appreciate anyone listening and anyone who leaves a nice review. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Sleepless in Seattle. What do you think of Nora Ephron movies? Where does this rank for you in her uh, written and directed filmography? Uh, what do you think of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? What are your, some of your favorite films of theirs? And what are some of your favorite all-time romantic comedies? On this, the week of Valentine's Day, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you for coming on again. I'm sorry that we couldn't show you something that you uh, <laughs> enjoyed. To be <laughs> so fair, you did get to watch two Dune movies the last time you were on. That's true. That's yes. true. The last two episodes we did two Dunes. So you were you were bound for a... A slingshot in the other direction. (laughs) Thank you, nonetheless, for giving this a shot and coming on. We always love having you here, and we'll have you back on soon to see something else. Thank you. Uh, But uh, once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. (laughs)